Am I doing this? All right, I'm doing this. This is episode six. This is the uh, Return of the Jedi episode for the Who Even Cares show. Uh, I only I taped it in sequence. It's not like I taped the first through third episodes 30 years later. Um, this is the Who Even Cares show because Who Even Fucking Cares. You know, I'm already sick of that tagline. <laughs> I am Mike Yarsky. You can contact me at the Who Even Cares Show at gmail dot who gives a fuck, or Twitter me at, at Mike Yarsky. He's a cunt. Okay. Anyway, I'm gonna start this week with a little bit of a giant fucking sigh. There we go. Isn't that nice? Isn't it nice to just get that sigh that's in your heart all day and just vocalize it? You know, that inner murmur of just that your body does 24 hours a day and just bring it out into the world through a little sigh or becoming a comedian or writing that folk song or even going to a coffee house and playing someone else's shit whatever it is get into bdsm and take it out on your woman or you know you can even do those things separately Oh, horrible. I am out of sorts today, people. I uh, I got a stomach infection. Uh, it made me feel very pregnant. I got up on Thursday, puked, went into work anyway, puked again, went home. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, just dandy but exhausted. Monday, wake up, throw up, go into work anyway. I am committed. Throw up there. I said, I don't know, maybe I should go home again. It's like, well, your sick time is shit at this point. So we'll try the old saltines and ginger ale approach. I have some saltines. I have some warm, flat ginger ale. Didn't keep that down. I go over to medical. I get a nurse that looks like fucking Wilford Brimley. He looked like, uh, the, uh, in The Naked Gun 2, he looked like Dr. Meinheimer. Uh, the guy in the wheelchair with the giant birthmark. Anyway, he has to, like, stick me three or four times to get blood. Now, that was never an issue many moons ago. I had a sweet, little charming little bump on my left arm for however many times I gave blood. Ugh, he was jabbing me every which way. He goes, oh, that vein is gone. I was like, no, it's still there. I know it's still there. Because my hand does not feel either numb or fall off E. Dude, when they miss and they start digging around, that's the worst part of the whole shebang. They gave me an IV. It's like two liters of water they pumped into my veins. Because I was so dehydrated. It's like having the worst hangover of your life. Well, that's not true. You do actually have to drink booze or drink absolutely nothing. To have the worst hangover of your life. That's what dying of thirst is like. You just die from being hungover. They take me up to this fancy pants place. They put me in a muumuu. And uh, with a little floral print on it. If they gave me a shower cap. I would have looked like uh, Homer Simpson. In the one where he gains 350 pounds. I was dragging an IV to the bathroom. 
And uh, the whole experience just made me feel fucking old. Wheeling my own IV around, having to pee like three or four times within four hours. Had to like lean over very confusedly to fucking flush the toilet without calling the nurse with the pool cord by accident. Thought I got hand sanitizer, but I just got soap. And I whispered to myself, fuck. Anyway, they told me I have a stomach infection. They put some anti-nausea shit in the water. And I was home the next day. And I missed out on a beautiful day, people. A beautiful day of rain. Of uh, stuffing envelopes. uh, And therapy. For stuffing envelopes. I don't know what it is. I feel so fucking old. Like, I get stuffy by the end of the day. Been hitting the Afrin. You know? Not that I'm getting addicted to it, but I'm hitting it. And uh, I still have one of those old phones. One of those real fancy pants phones where you can slide it out and there's a QWERTY keyboard under it. So you can message people like that. Fancy! I don't have email on the shit, I don't have internet on the shit, it does what it's supposed to do, and I have an iPod Classic, which they discontinued, because fuck Apple and its little fucking overrated cunt. Oh my god. No, all I can see when I look at an iPhone 6 is the are the fucking suicide nets of all the little children trying to plummet to their deaths, and then the net just swoops them right back up like a... Uh, like in a Wile E. Coyote cartoon. Right back into the goddamn, you know, putting the chips in with their little hands stations. I don't think that about my phone. I guess I don't think that about my phone because the people that made it are probably already dead. So it's like, alright, you know, no harm, no foul there. Hopefully they died of natural causes or at least, um... But they probably died of, like, occupational causes. Trying to get that little camera lens in there. It's so frustrating to try to fit it in. It's like this epic, super challenging game of operation. But instead of using tweezers to get someone's funny bone out. uh, And then people laugh when you fail. It's more like trying to install a tiny goddamn lens. And if you fuck up, uh, you get 40 lashes from your supervisor. That's why, like, picking cotton back in the day, it was just a more difficult kind of uh, operation. That's all it was. (laughs) You just gotta extract the cotton. You don't, don't avoid the thorns. But instead of a red nose lighting up, you know, you get put in the hole at best for, like, uh, a couple weeks or two. And then, you know, you bang the uh, plantation owner's wife. And then uh, she gives birth to a little brown baby that the uh, master decides either ought to be buried or uh, put in the hole. Like, that's got to be painful, right? You know, Milton Bradley does not hold a candle to that. (laughs) I feel old, people. I don't even listen to, uh, I listen to records now. I don't know why. It's not that much more convenient. I'm not really on board with the audiophilic 
component of it. I'm not really on board with the, uh, like, smugness of it. I'm not one of those guys that are like, it's so much warmer. I just enjoy it. I enjoy reading the liner notes. I enjoy searching with my own uh, hands and eyes. Finding something cool. Trying something new. I don't have to, like, search in advance or anything like that. It kills some good time. I have a ball with it. It's nice to flip through them and all that shit. I can have listening parties that seem slightly more legit. So I don't know. I'm I'm regressing, I think. I switched from a laptop to a desktop. I switched from iPod to uh, a turntable. I'm balding. I just feel old. My nose hairs are like unbelievable how fast they grow. It grows faster than a company behind a casual slash elite dating app. Gah. I just have to get in there. One of my nervous habits is to take my thumb and forefinger and pull them out. They're long enough for me to actually pull them out or twist them and then yank them out. You know, if, if um, no one's at my cube, I'll just dig in there and uh, yank out the weeds myself. Basically, one of those clippers is the uh, weed whacker. But those kind of hurt. That's really just a glorified yanking, at least from what I remember. It's so, like, ticklish. I can't, uh, I can't handle it. See, once again, a sign that the old-fashioned way to do it is what I prefer. I mean, I'm not 100% old-fashioned, you know? I don't want to, uh... I don't really want... I'm glad that I didn't have to do any bloodletting for my stomach infection. I'm glad I didn't have to have uh, fucking fingers uh, slash limbs sawed off. All they gave you back then was uh, a belt to chew on while they sawed through your fucking arm. Uh, men were men back in those days, you know? You went out onto the field. I mean, nowadays you just bomb innocent people through a drone strike and then uh, you go to psychotherapy for a few years and then bada bing, bada boom. It's weird that your super ridiculous flashback to the war involves you leaning up onto a control panel and eating fucking Fritos. That is not how it used to be, people. It used to be, well, you have, there's so many movies about it. There's not going to be a lot of movies about, like, life among the drone strike people. That's really just going to look like the life of a gamer. There's just going to be a screen... There's just going to be some guy, some fat fuck, drinking diet soda like it'll make a difference. Watching little gray figures just around. It would be so boring. Like, you could watch drone strikes on YouTube or LiveLeak anytime you want. And the good news is it won't even remotely involve uh, fucking Channing Tatum. He's not a fat fuck, but, you know, you get it. If they wanted to go all soldierly with it, they'd probably get so many handsome people to be those guys that are just lying around feeling vaguely guilty about their decisions. I guess all I'm saying is everything's easier. Fuck these pussies that go to the military. (laughs) Such an asshole. 
Dude, I love trolling people like that so hard. I love it. Just trying to piss people off. Oh, it's such a joy. It warms my fucking heart. My bitter, cold, futile heart. God, my landlord is bothering me. It bothers me that the guy has an Italian name and he looks exactly like his name and he behaves exactly like his name. What was it? We called him. You know, this was like six weeks ago and it's I can't let it go. I see. Okay, so I have a very good memory and I got to tell you, it's the worst thing of your life. I don't even think forgiveness sometimes has anything to do with your capacity to let things go. Sometimes the capacity to forgive is just your ability to forget. It's forget. It's not forgive and forget. It's you're forgetful, therefore you're more forgiving. But for someone who remembers everything, uh, it's like impossible. So that's what I would say. It has more to do with what you can remember. And then you're just... Yeah, folks that hold grudges, they just have better memories. You know? That's all. It's not this this Jesus Christ-like effort from most people to forgive. It's just this... I don't know, Christ-like tendency to forget? (laughs) Dude, he forgot to come back again and visit us. It's been 2,000 years. Hasn't he set, like, an Outlook reminder or some shit? Okay, enough with the hack junk. That's enough. So, I haven't let this go with this landlord. I don't know if I ever will, but we called him because... We were sans mailbox key for about five or six days. This was not an issue for me because I had my mail forwarded to my office and I ship things generally to my office because there's not a space for bigger shipments. Um, They just hang out outside until you're lucky enough to have someone put it inside the door. Not the safest thing to invite for yourself. So I get them at work, okay? Now, is that genius or not? So I call the fuck and I say, hey, listen, uh, we are without a mailbox key. Uh, Let me know what you could do. And then he calls back absolutely furious. This is un-fucking-leavable. You know, in my 35 years, I haven't had to deal with this once. And you know what's bullshit about that? Anytime someone says that, in all my 35 years or 36 years of service, I haven't seen anything like this. Why the fuck do they know exactly what to do and how to confront it? He goes like that and then three minutes later, all right, we're just going to have to get a locksmith and then they update the lock. I'll call the fucking guy. I know the guy and then we'll deduct it from your security deposit. Oh, if this hasn't happened before, would you know exactly what to do? Give me a break. This traumatic cunt. There's no way in 35 years someone hasn't lost a key. That's so 
unbefuckedly unlikely. Now, what happened? We have a little correspondence. We do a little digging. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. We find the goddamn key. I let him know that we found it, and he's still pissed. Still pissed, but apologetic, you know. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm just going into a lot of stress right now. The excuse for everyone that is psychologically unraveling everyone around them. I just have a lot of stress right now, you know? So if you don't mind just me blaming you for everything and keeping you hostage for some reason... I put a do not disturb sign on my fucking door and you have a conniption trying to figure out what it's about. But now I still, I'm like, we have to post the rent checks on the door. And part of me is just like, all right, we need to get the right sized envelope. Uh, We got to make sure not to uh, lick it because we don't want to get yelled at for having sealed an envelope. He would have much rather have not sealed, right? Make sure it's made out right. Fold them in the right way. You don't want to fold them in threes. At best, you need to fold the check into two so that when he puts it into a machine or whatever, it doesn't give him any trouble feeding it back out because it's like one of those dollar bill situations at a vending machine where if there's one little fucking crease, it rejects it. Because these vending machines are dollar snobs. It's a functional dollar. It's a useful dollar. It costs exactly a dollar. If I put a dollar in it, it's worth a dollar later. But even so, they're still like, nope, nope, nope. And you know what? Those vending machines are only selling junk. Here's some soda. You know, it actually took me like three or four years to find out that the beverage Red Bull wasn't actually red. I just assumed it was red. Then, like, years after they release it, I pour the shit out of the can, and it's yellow. And I will say that it doesn't really do the trick for me because uh, my body's too much of a cunt. It's too stubborn to handle easy solutions. Uh, But anyway, I think the more accurate portrait, portrait, the most accurate way to describe its taste profile is uh, carbonated Dimatap. Except I actually like the taste of Dimatap. You'd think just, you know, actually, Dimatap mixed with club soda would be like a nice nightcap. Why haven't I thought of that earlier? And yet, Red Bull, I don't know. It wouldn't be a good nightcap, obviously, but uh, the description even makes it sound more promising than it actually is. What the fuck was I talking about? See, this is what I mean about getting old. You just trail off on your soapbox... And then who knows where the fuck you were. It's the verbal equivalent of uh, walking into a room and wondering why the fuck you went in there to begin with. Oh yeah, the landlord. I'm having like PTSD from... Even though it's I was cool on the phone. I just took it in. I had my HR active listening training. My managing difficult people. I got all of that shit squared away. But I still held on to it. I just, this is what happens when you have a ridiculous memory. I was talking about, uh, this, what was it? Like, I remember, or it pops up into my head, 
all the little fights I've had, all these little grudges that I've accumulated, and I'll actually bring it back to people, and then they'll go, I don't remember that for shit. And on some, like, I've let it go, just, you know, fuck it. But the fact that I still remember, can, can it, will, it will resurrect the same initial feeling. And um, there's nothing that will help you analyze and ascribe certain feelings to the present, like digging into your information bank from the past. The whole four years I was in my previous apartment, I would have these awful recollections of moving. And even though we didn't have to move for four years, I lived, <laughs> I relived that stress until we had to move. What I've learned lately is that I, I understand why the panic in advance of something. A lot of times the cognitive behavioral therapy will tell you that, uh, these things don't turn out as badly as you originally think them to be. That your gut may be jumping the gun. That you have these distorted thoughts and bad fantasies about how this shit will go. But I gotta tell you, moving sucked. It was horrible. It was just what I expected. Um, I was worried for about a year about what a long-distance relationship would be like. And I gotta tell you, I was on the goddamn money. I am going to, from now on, trust my dread and terror. That's a lesson I learned. So anytime you're scared to death of going on a date, ladies, just remember that uh, you probably will get raped. You probably will have an unsatisfying fuck. And, uh... You know, he probably won't pull out the condom will break. Uh, he'll have a small dick and he'll finish way before you're all set. And he won't even bother to finger you clean or finger you dirty, whatever. He'll probably slip the finger into your asshole by accident. He'll get you in the um, period part of nature's little semicolon, not the uh, comma part. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is to me. That's what it is to me. It's an upside-down semicolon. Unless she's uh, on her knees. Right? Yeah, that's a regular semicolon. Or or an exclamation point. I don't know. I don't know if, you know, it depends on how crooked your pussy is. And uh, vaginas seem too gentle to be an exclamation point. Like, they are more fierce in a nuanced way. Like, the semicolon is perfect. A lot of people... The analogy to a vagina being a semicolon is perfect. Because there are so many men who don't know how to properly place or use a semicolon. It's still up for debate. If a semicolon is even useful, the grammarians are impinging upon semicolon's rightful territory. As something that separates two independent clauses. Two! So yeah, I'm going to stick with semicolon. No one has any issues with the exclamation point. That shit's everywhere. Let me tell you ladies one other thing too. Anytime 
I- I'm not going to listen to you anymore if you bitch about how all the good ones are taken. Oh, he was nice, he was funny, he was sweet, he was relaxed. Of course he's taken. Yes, that's exactly it. The direction of causation there is not that he was a nice, sweet, gentle guy and that earned him a relationship. He was a guy that somehow got a lady's attention and then she made him sweet, gentle, well-dressed, and relaxed. That's how that works. It's not on him that you don't have this sweet guy. It's that some other fucking chick took the hit to fix him fix him up. So don't put the fact that he's awesome on him and he's taken. There are no awesome single guys. You just have to find the one that you're willing to do some housework on. <laughs> A little home improvement. Clean out the gutters, you know. Do some fencing, set some boundaries, you know, whatever it is. That's what you gotta do. You just gotta find the right person that's okay for a fixer-upper. And uh, hopefully that will cheer you up about the fact that uh, you're single. So just wait for the right mediocre fit for you. And I know people don't change all that much, but, uh, you know, you do what you can. And that's it. But, you know, yeah, good luck. (laughs) Good luck trying to find someone that you'll genuinely like after one date. He said finding the love of his life after, like, like all squared away with that after three months. Um, Being single is underrated. I think. If if you get the right toys, you can have easily like a B plus experience pleasuring yourself, and then um, the sex with someone that's like that could go from an F to an A plus. And I think the expected wealth on that for women, it's like thirty three percent chance of F, twenty percent chance of C minus. 22% chance of a C plus, 10% chance of a B minus, whatever, like 9% chance of a B to an A, and then like <laughs> one over infinity chance of an A plus. That's like early on in the dating process. The limit as the amount of <laughs> calculus wise uh, the limit of your boyfriend's fuckability as, uh, you know, you approach that, I don't even know. It's just the limit as it goes to infinity is a zero. Like, guy's good performance through time, the limit approaches uh, zero. It's just one of those, uh, it's like an ass cheek in the, in the first quadrant that, uh, It's like Y equals infinity and X approaches zero. The infinity is uh, whatever it is, how many useless people there are, and then the zero. This metaphor doesn't work. I understand that it doesn't work. I'm just trying to keep fresh on my fucking calculus here. 
I'll, I'll figure out a way to make that work, people. I will figure it out. Not here, not then, not now, not after. But down the road, I will. I'm going to fight for it. No, I'm not. Who even fucking cares? Oh, callback. Unintentional callback. What a genius! So, ladies and guys, get yourself a nice, like, get a rabbit. Uh, the toy, not the animal. Unless you want shit pellets all over your couch. Enjoy your free time to work on yourself. Uh, if you feel like going to the gym for your own health, uh, do it. If you're always buff and in shape, not going to the gym, do it. If you accept your body for what it is and don't feel any fucking need to go to the gym and you don't care and you have a good attitude about yourself, do that. Whatever. Catch up on your reading. Listen to some good music. Try some new shit. Meet some new people in a, in a non-agenda-like way. Uh, you know, go and meet some folks in a little more of an organic fashion than the business transaction-y nature of OkCupid. Where it's like, okay, I know why we're both here. We're feeling each other out even though we're damaged people that are too busy to um, take a chance on a regular evening out with strangers. Oh, what a bitter cunt. Um, what else is good about being single? When you are in a relationship for a long time, you get reminders about how nice it is to be single. And when you're single and you have casual disappointing sex you have a decent reminder about how good it is to be single. The only times where you're thinking, oh, it would be nice to be in a relationship is if you see a couple being cute, you know, out in a club or out on the garden or fucking those stories on the internet. But I will tell you this. All marriages, 50% of marriages end in divorce. All right? You don't, you don't notice the failures while you're walking down the club or in the street. You don't notice the recently divorced guy who lost everything uh, pissing into a Listerine bottle on a bench in the garden. You're missing the guy who had his heart broken and everything took from him having two Listerine bottles. One for his piss and one for his Listerine. They're both yellow. And uh, he doesn't even label which one is what, because if he takes a sip of one and it's not the right thing, he'll clean his mouth with the other. You just don't see that. There's a, um, like a confirmation bias. And also, for the record, a couple being cute at a party almost always is them putting on a good face. You're just believing the lie. You don't see the fight after. I think you got a little drunk. I didn't appreciate that joke. Ah, fuck you, lady. <laughs> I need some relief from all the shit you've, that your honey-do list is making me want to drink like a handle of scotch. You don't see that. All you see are those fucking movies. Oh, Gerard Butler, what a sweetheart. Oh, Katie Hagel, I wish I could look like her. But just know that in a relationship, there is no envy for yourself. <laughs> None. The envy only goes the other way. I know that the grass is always greener, but truth be told, dying alone with occasional bouts of bitter sweetness that are part of your own insecurities and distortions, way better than a concrete, even-footed, 
absolutely damned scientifically proven perpetual irritation with all the other shit your partner actually does in real life. So just hold on to that. This is one of those ways that cynicism is a cleansing agent of comfort and peace. Cynicism simplifies your life. If you don't have hope in people, you only have to manage your certain close friends. You don't have to spend money on going to big, crowded kind of shit. Get a book from the library. Keep your mouth fucking shut. You're not harming anybody. It's great. So being single and cynical, underrated. Cynicism is like one of the great uh, defense mechanisms ever created. It's better than, it's like an emotional bulletproof vest, but it goes through your whole body. Now, Jane Austen makes a good point, however, in uh, Emma. And by the way, the movie was better. And by that I mean Clueless was way better than that stupid fucking book you know what one of the defenses of that book was for me because i said you know that book sucked and uh sense and sensibility sucked and pride and prejudice was just good okay and pride and prejudice is a little overplayed because everyone had to read it for school so anytime someone wants to write some highbrow shit on mcsweeney's they always use pride and prejudice as an example of highfalutin literature you know, even though it's popular as fuck. And it's not that highbrow. Anyway, I said, like, Emma this and Emma that. And then they said, well, I read that for college. And I would just like to have you know that it was fun to see all the naughty jokes and innuendos and little gross, subtle sex jokes that Austin peppered throughout. They do the same with Shakespeare. Oh, look at this. He actually made a pun off the word cunt. Oh, isn't that interesting? It is the English degree glorified, uh, over-glorified equivalent of looking up dirty words in a fucking dictionary. The only difference is, like, a dictionary is five bucks or free online, and uh, your English degree will cost you $160,000. <laughs> so if that's how you want to waste, like, $100 per class, looking up how Jane Austen mentions poop, in her book that is essentially the same thing. Oh, snap! By all means, do so. But I will have none of it, kind sir. Ugh, I'm having that old moment again. What the fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah, uh, so ladies and gentlemen, get yourself some toys. You can uh, maneuver them however you like your spot to be hit. You actually know where your clitoris is? And most guys don't even ask. Jesus Christ. How disappointing is that? The um, probabilities don't work out that finding a guy will do you nice. You're going to have shitty sex. You're going to have traumatic sex. You know, you can't even figure out who the fuck you are when you anchor yourself to someone that has a dick. Someone that Advertisers and marketeers have been thinking, I want to know what this guy thinks and says and does and watches and reads, if he reads at all. I want to know this guy's every fucking word, thought, and move. 
And so guys, well, uh, white guys, I should say. White guys between 18 and 35. Everyone that has money and does advertising shit hinges on their every word. So they take that into a personal and intimate setting. They don't act, listen actively. They just write, they just give you stupid problem solving tools, you know? If they can even get an attention span together. I'm sick of guys telling about how long a woman tells a story. It's like, just shut the fuck up and pay your dues already. Jesus. They just hear like... Because they're used to 30 second ads of tits and lingerie. They're used to fucking football where the uh, play stops every five to seven seconds and then they can talk to their buddies about it or talk fantasy until they fucking take 15 minutes to go over the replay and reassemble in a goddamn line and then the lines smush together after 10 seconds then someone blows a whistle and then you wait two minutes for a embedded car commercial and one of those creepy heads when they show the stats about a player moving around. Clearly, you're dealing with a pool of fucking idiots. Now, I'm not blaming the victim here. We all have our needs. But even in a best-case scenario where you guys get married, there's a 50% chance of complete bitterness after that. Wake up, people. (laughs) Wake up, people. 9-11 was an inside job. So try to relax in the singledom, you know? Be one of those ladies that knits and no one even knows that she knits. Get yourself some cats. And when you die, just leave your kids or cousins or nieces and nephews a bunch of goddamn blankets, scarves, and afghans. How is that bad? I don't know. I just think it's underrated. Because, uh, man, relationships are hard. They just are. And they're constantly hard. Being single and happy with it is easy. Now, being single and trying to get out of it is absolutely brutal and horrific. But I hope that the math checks out to the point where you're like, oh, I guess I don't want that anymore. You know, just trying to get you from single and wanting to be out of it, which is brutal. um, And getting into single and loving it, which is perfect. And it takes less effort. Uh, Well, I don't know. It takes uh, it's low risk moving in that direction than trying to fix yourself by bringing another person in and working really hard. And getting a lot of scars in the process to go into that direction. So uh, I'm with you single people. I I wish that uh, a lot of you insecure types would recognize the perks. And weigh those against the uh, long term decay of your soul. Um, Fighting about dishes for 35 years. I know there's some fear-based motivation there, but we got fear for a reason. We have fear because 
A lot of men are rapist cunts. <laughs> That's why we have fear. We have fear because shit's dangerous. Uh, a lot of mushrooms are poison. And uh, if you're black and don't drive with a seatbelt, you'll get shot at a gas station. Th that's fear. Be afraid. Be very afraid of guys. And guys, there's no response you can have to that that will be satisfying to me. Everything you say and do proves my point. Everything. So fuck off, whiteies. Long story short, I'm in a relationship... It's fucking beautiful. I love my man. He's so awesome. And, uh, I hope it works out. He is, uh, he's cute and he's funny and he's a genius. And, uh, I miss him something terrible. And, uh, the one thing I was most worried about moving and breaking was, uh, a, a framed picture of us for our anniversary. Having said all of that, uh, being single does sound good. <laughs> you know, I'm just one of the lucky ones. You, on the other hand, might not be at all. You know, chances are you won't be. You won't be one of the lucky ones like me, people. And uh, I'm going to flaunt it anyway, right after I gave that persuasive, hopefully persuasive argument. You know why? Because I'm like killing time before a Skype date and I'm super excited for it. Super fucking excited. Ugh. But see, if you didn't have to pencil people in for Skype dates, you could just be excited for the present. What else is good about being single? You know, there's the fear of dying alone, but even if you're married there's still a decent chance you'll die alone. If your partner dies first, you're fucked. Way to, uh, way to fuck that up for yourself. Um, that's like an awesome fucking dark joke. You go through the wedding, you have to arrange all the forks and plates and get a planner and get a fucking someone to officiate. You have to go to a church and do it, even though you don't believe, but your fucking significant other's parents do, so you have to go through the whole charade through uh, clenched teeth. Oh, yeah, fucking God, this is in front of God. Let's get the government involved. This will be fucking great. You go to the courthouse, you fill out some paperwork, you got to do some tax hullabaloo. You know, your best man gets too drunk. Someone embarrasses themselves, but you got to push it out because it's the happiest day of your life. And then you're like $20,000 in debt. And then like three days later... You're living together, and when she sings in the fucking shower, or he sings in the fucking shower, it is just... You want to go in there and give them a tuning fork. Like, here's here's the, here's the uh, fucking root. You gotta start on this note, sweetheart. Start here and just do relative pitches, because you sound fucking horrible without an anchor pitch. But you can't do that. You just seethe and seethe, and then, you know, one day... She goes to pick up her AARP membership card and gets sideswiped by some 24-year-old uh, with the same futile promises that you had one day. And then she dies, and then whoever was promising in his card dies too, and he's just lucky enough to experience it earlier. So then what? You do all of that aggravation, and you still end up alone, you stupid idiot. You stupid asshole jag off 
You got conned. You got conned by your own sense of certainty. In a universe of entropy, we're all just little stars fluctuating around. All of our lives will end like the universe. We're all far apart from each other, and it's goddamn cold. You ever notice how old people are cold all the time? That's why. They just drift further and further apart and die out. They become little blue dwarves in the universe of life. I say blue dwarves. You know, that's even appropriate. Because a lot of the eight ladies have uh, blue hair and they uh, lose height after a couple of years. So there you go. Is that how a star dies? Is the blue dwarf the last one? Oh, I don't remember. The rest of it checks out, though, I think. <laughs> so, there's no, um, there's no certainty. If you're just single and you know you'll be alone, there's certainty there. Just shack up with a bunch of friends who feel similar to you, like that co-op in New York. Play up some Scrabble, you know? Maybe finger-bang each other with those fucking, ugh. With your pruny-ass fingers in that wrinkled hand towel of a pussy. And uh, you found the secret to life, everybody. <laughs> Alright, that's the end of this installment. I will uh, talk to you guys next week.